Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 87, where we're discussing 316 from season 5 of Lost. What is this place? The Dharma Initiative called it the lamppost. This is how they found the island. Did you know about this place? No. No, I didn't. Is he telling the truth? Probably not. Aha! Here we go. All right, I apologize if this is confusing, but let's pay attention, yes? The room we're standing in was constructed years ago over a unique pocket of electromagnetic energy. That energy connects to similar pockets all over the world. The people who built this room, however, were only interested in one. The island. Yes, the island. They'd gathered proof that it existed. They knew it was out there somewhere, but they just couldn't find it. Then a very clever fellow built this pendulum on the theoretical notion that they should stop looking for where the island was supposed to be and start looking for where it was going to be. What do you mean, where it was going to be? Well, this fellow presumed, and correctly as it turned out, that the island was always moving. Why do you think you were never rescued? Now, While the movements of the island seem random, this man and his team created a series of equations which tell us, with a high degree of probability, where it is going to be at a certain point in time. Windows, as it were, that while open, provide a route back. Unfortunately, these windows don't stay open for very long. Yours closes in 36 hours. I'm sorry, excuse me. (laughs) Am I really hearing this? That's what this is about. You're all going back to the island willingly? Yes. Why are you here, Desmond? I came here to deliver a message. Daniel Faraday, your son, sent me here. He wanted me to tell you that he and all the people on the island need your help. He said that only you could help him. He didn't say Jack, he didn't say son, he didn't say Ben, he said you. But I am helping, dear. Consider the message delivered. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, Desmond, but the island isn't done with you yet. 
This woman cost me four years of my life, four years that I'll never get back because you told me that I was supposed to go to that island. That it was my bloody purpose. You listen to me, brother. And you listen carefully. These people, they're just using us. They're playing some kind of game and we are just the pieces. Whatever she tells you to do, ignore it. You say the island's not done with me? Well, I'm done with the island. in your hands shows all the air routes that fly over the coordinates where I believe the island will be in little more than a day from now. There's a commercial airliner flying from LA to Guam that's going to go right through our window. Ajira Airways, flight 316. If you have any hope of the island bringing you back, it must be that plane. You all need to be honored. It must be that flight. If you want to return, you need to recreate as best you can the circumstances that brought you there in the first place. That means as many of the same people as you are able to bring with you. And what if we can't get anyone else to come with us? What if we're it? All I can tell you is the result would be unpredictable. So that's it. We just get on that flight and we just hope that it works. That's all. No, that's not all, Jack. At least not for you. Come on in. Ben and son... Heard what they needed to hear, and this does not concern them. Oh, here we are. What's this? It's John Locke's suicide note. I, uh... I don't know. Well, why would you? Obituaries don't see fit to mention when people hang themselves, Jack. Why would he kill himself? Many reasons, I'm sure. But the only one that matters is this. He is going to help you get back. John is going to be a proxy. A substitute. A substitute for who? Jack. Who do you think? You need to, as best you can, recreate the conditions of the original flight. 
Which is why you need to give John something of your father's. You have to get something that belonged to your father, and you need to give it to John. What? That's what you have to do. My father is gone. My father has been dead for three years. You want me to... And to give it to Locke, he's in a coffin! This is ridiculous. Oh, stop thinking how ridiculous it is. And start asking yourself whether or not you believe it's going to work. That's why it's called a leap of faith, Jack. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 87 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And today we're discussing 316 from season five of Lost. And of course, like we have been doing lately, I want to know first what you thought of the episode. I really like this episode a lot. There was, um, uh, to me, it was a, there was a lot of things that were answered and um, mm-hmm. actually going on to the theme that I had, you know, from last, uh, where I was talking about in the la- uh, this last episode of ours where we you know you asked me the overall feeling of season five is mm-hmm. just that characters are becoming more like the island characters and uh so i really really like that i mean they're starting to become like the jack and and kate's uh, that we that we have grown to love so right from seasons yeah from earlier seasons exactly yeah that's the same way i felt about it is in so many ways this episode felt like a season one or season two episode Yes. Um, especially with the obvious connections of, you know, Jack waking up back on the island, just like from the, you know, the, the whole premiere, the pilot of the whole show. Um, that was a really nostalgic thing for me. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Well, uh, let's kick into it here then. Um, okay. The first section I have is really short and it's called On the Island. Um, <laughs> yeah. You see Jack, you know, waking up much in the same way he did in the pilot. And, uh, you know, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. It was, it was really weird because we've gone through so much with the characters, you know, over, I don't know how long we've been doing this now, but watching the show, you know, from start to finish. And it's like to have this kind of throwback to that first episode was, was just really cool. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was that, the way they decided to, to film it, you know, exactly the way it started off was, mm-hmm. was, was awesome to me. I mean, I thought that was yeah. perfect. Yeah, me too. And he's, uh, he has a note that says, I wish, um, but the rest of it has been torn off and so we don't know what it says yet. And he hears Hurley yelling for help and runs to a waterfall where Hurley's in the water and, you know, clutching a guitar case. Uh, he saves him and Hurley says, it really happened. And then Jack um, sees Kate lying on the rocks next to the water, unconscious, and he gets her to wake, uh, wake up and he says, we're back. So we have this, you know, quick jump right into the episode and they're already back onto the island, and the rest of the episode is telling us the events that led up to their return to the island. Right. But what were your thoughts just after that first little intro there about them actually being back on the island? I mean, I was I was really excited, obviously. I mean, just because, uh, to me, I think, I mean, I, I want them to be on the island, I guess, even for just my viewing pleasures you know it's it makes yeah. a lot more sense for them to be there and and then i wanted to know actually i started because you know obviously we're watching these uh and they record it here but mm-hmm. uh or you know uh, through dvd or itunes or whatever uh, but i was sitting there looking at this and i'm going 
did I pick the right one? Because I, I yeah. the way, you know, I didn't know if I maybe <laughs> right. accidentally picked the wrong one. I was like, oh great, I'm spoiling myself here. But right. it was because uh, yeah. it was kind of out of nowhere, you know, obviously. And then we mm-hmm. find out how they got there. But it was really exciting for me to see them back in that setting. Yeah, and I know I remember thinking too. Like I expected the season finale for this season to be them getting back to the island. Right. Yeah. That's, is that's it, pretty huge, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it and, is. And the fact that we're only you know not even halfway through the season already, and they're they're back, um, was really exciting because it's Definitely. you know like we've said before, they're already doing this. So what in the world is going to happen the rest of the season? Right. Right. Well, the next section is is covers all of the events leading up to them arriving back at the island. Uh, first, we see Ben's son, Jack, and Desmond. They're talking with Eloise Hawking, and they follow her into a room that's really deep within the church, and it's, it has a blast door on it, and the Dharma symbol uh, stenciled on the outside of the door, and it's a lamp post. And uh, inside, there's all sorts of you know cool stuff and old mechanical things that's kind of spitting out coordinates. And there's this huge pendulum swinging back and forth, over this large map on the floor and it has mm-hmm. you know some marks that it's kind of made on the floor as it's swinging back and forth where i suppose the island has been located at different times right and she says the dharma initiative called this place the lamp post and this is how they found the island yeah that was uh that was really interesting to look at it you know we had seen that that thing swinging before when in the marks it was making right. on the floor and I, I assume that 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 was where the island was at and um or when it was at, should I say? Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, it uh, it was really cool to see like that the Dharma had set up on the outside first mm-hmm. to locate this yeah. place. You know, it's not like they they you know they knew this island existed, went there, didn't start at Dharma, the Dharma Initiative. Is like the Dharma Initiative was started to find this place. It seems like it was right. what it seems like to me. You know, and yeah, uh, I think that is that is big information too. I think because it has kind of seemed like the Dharma Initiative existed because of the island up until this point. Right, exactly. And now it's like um, they started off off of the island and were trying to find it and eventually found it, and then they went there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm really I'm intrigued by, um, I can't remember, you know, Eloise. Um, yeah, Eloise, her, yeah. Yeah, uh, just trying to find, like, her where you know her part you know obviously she's very smart and and has really kind of seems like the mastermind behind this this uh right. or part of this thing so I'm, I'm really excited to see kind of where they take that yeah right so uh jack asks ben if you know if he knew about this place and ben says no and uh, jack kind of asks eloise if he's telling the truth and she says probably not which <laughs> to me um i guess i kind of I'm trying to look for hints that the writers are giving us sure. as to whether or not we should trust what Ben's doing. Mm-hmm. And I guess if, if we can trust what they're telling us, that was kind of an, a kind of a, a point to the Ben is lying side. You yeah. Know, like it makes, makes like we were talking about last episode, how it goes back and forth and we can't tell from one show to the one episode to the next, if he's telling the truth or if he's lying and what his motivations are. So if the writers, you know, are any indication um, this was definitely not in Ben's favor. Basically, yeah, definitely. You know, she says he's probably lying. Yeah, yeah. But what doesn't make sense to me is that if this is, if she is a good person, you know, if mm-hmm. she is, I mean, I don't know if she is at this point or not, then why right. would she even do business with Ben? 
you know, um, if, right. you know, I mean, like if she's like, oh yeah, he's probably lying and she knows what kind of person he is and he is a bad person. I'm like, I wonder why she would help him get back to the island, you know? Well, yeah. And it could also be though, that they do need to get back to the island, but, um, it's Ben has his reasons for them to want to go back and she, or the people she's representing or in cahoots with are, have their own reasons as well. That's true. So it's like she's helping because she wants him to go back, but um, they have their own reasons. Yeah, it's kind of lesser of two evils at this point. Right. You know, it's like, oh, we yeah. send Ben back, but we, you know, at least we still get our people back. Right. Yeah. So uh, she pulls a book out, and Jack notices a photo of the island on the chalkboard that reads 92354, U.S. Army Operation 264, Top Secret Eyes Only. So this photo was taken, you know, and we assume the island were discovered about the same month and day as when Jack and the others actually crashed on the island. Right. I think they crashed on like 924 or 922. Yeah, I think it was 92204. So it was almost exactly 50 years after the island was discovered. Right. By the arm by the army. Yeah. Yeah, which that's interesting to to think of it. In that, in the, that, this thing is actually was visible at the present time mm-hmm. in 1954 and in 2004. Right. You know, like, right. In, in, if that were the case, I mean, unless the army somehow got there in 1954, you know, 50 years uh, later, you know, those Shank flight got there. I mean, because we definitely did see, um, well, uh, we didn't. We don't have any indication to think that that the island uh, wasn't visible in 2004. I don't guess. Right. No, no, I don't think so either. I guess to this point, I always just assume that they were sucked into something. Um, and and if I were to even before seeing this photo, if I were to say, I'd say they were sucked into a different time um, by this by this uh, um, by, by the island, but mm-hmm. but. It, it very well could be that they actually did get pulled to the island, but it was actually a physically a physical island in two thousand four. Now, say that last part again. They were they actually were pulled said, to it, the it, island. Yeah, and in two thousand four, like you know, you know, mm-hmm. just you know, for for fantasy reasons, say you and I were driving in, uh, you know, or on a boat in two thousand four, that we could literally physically see this island in two thousand four. Right. You know. Whereas in any other time, it's in it's in a different it's in a different time zone, so it's it's not even visible. Okay, I see what you mean. Okay, okay. yeah. So, but I instantly wondered: is there something about you know this particular day, yeah, like nine, like the September twenty second or September twenty third, about that period of time? That was like maybe that's the window. You know, one of the windows yeah. she talks about in this scene where they could actually get back to the island. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm wondering is, 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 and that's kind of what my last rant was about was like, is it some, is, is there a window in this time that is open that, that people can come in and come out easier, right. you yeah. know? Yeah. Or, or yeah. I, I see what you mean. It's kind of like, um, I would love to know what the date is right now. I don't right. know if we got that info. Oh, wait a minute. Did we, I think we may have actually seen that when he was looking at the book yeah, of all true. the flights. Yeah. Do you remember? Did you happen to I catch what the I date was remember, there? No, I don't remember the date, but we'll, we'll maybe I'll take a look at that because I, I do wonder that because if it had any. Okay, let me let's check that out really quickly. Here. Okay. Now I guess it doesn't really provide a, a date for that flight 
but I'm really curious to see if that was anywhere else in the episode. And yeah, I mean, I guess it seems really likely that there could be other windows of time mm-hmm. where they could get to the island, and it's not just September 22nd or 23rd or whatever. Um, but yeah, that was worth a try, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we we heard the clip at the beginning where Eloise is, you know, talking about the room itself, and um, you know, she gives a lot of information in that scene. Um, of, of course, one of the first thing was that the room was constructed years ago over a unique pocket of electromagnetic energy. That energy connects to similar pockets all over the world. Mm-hmm. So we heard this talked about in the episode where we found out that Rose has cancer right, exactly. as well. And um, so it's like this place, the place where she went to see Isaac Arulu, I think his name was, mm-hmm. and the island are three places that we know of so far that have this pocket of electromagnetic energy below them. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought. As soon as I heard that, I was like, okay, yeah, now it's all starting to like connect back, you know, uh, to that. And, and I, I don't, I mean, obviously I don't know the significance of all, you know, all those places and how they, how right. they all, if they, the only way I could really, I thought maybe they somehow, they point to this island because it's it's obviously the most strongest you know place, and that's how they've always been able to find um, this yeah. island. Right, and that's one of the reasons why I'm really excited for this hiatus because I think one of the things we can do is spend some time looking at issues like that because, like, there are people who have come up with theories of, of exactly what's happening on this show mm-hmm. based on little bits of information like that. Oh, okay. You know, and one of them always comes to mind. It's one of my favorite theories I've ever read. Um, and I'm not so sure that it looks like it's actually true, but a lot of these theories are so interesting just because they're so detailed right. and entertaining um, that I'm really looking forward to looking into some of those. So she says the the people that built the room were only interested in one of these areas of energy, and that was the island. Um, so yeah, like you said, the Dharma Initiative um, was basically started basically to, to find that island. Right. It seems like. And they had gathered proof that it existed, so they knew the island was there, but they just couldn't find it. And what I want to know is how they knew the island was there um, in the first place. Did you have any ideas on that? Because I, I honestly don't know. Oh, you know, I mean, unless uh, they had experienced something to the degree of, you know, someone, you know, disappearing or something like that, um, you know, and, and, you know, they had they were looking at it in that sense, you know, or, or if mm-hmm. they, or if just they found some of those areas of energy before and, they, you know, they talked about it coming from different, you know, one source. You know, and it was just kind of a, it's kind of like, you know, trying to find the fountain of youth type thing, you know, it's like right. people yeah. talk about it, but nobody's really ever, you know, found it. Maybe, maybe it's just one of those things where, you know, we know this thing's out there, but we're going to spend amount, a ton of money trying to find it, you know. Right. But, and I guess it's true too. If they're all, con- all, if all of these pockets of energy are connected together, I guess it's, it's kind of like a, a net computer network sure. or something where if you have all these things connected together, even, you know, if there's, as long as there's a computer on that network, you can see it from right. another computer connected exactly. to the network. So they know the island's there, but they're trying to figure out where in the heck it actually right. is. Yep. So that then uh, she says a clever fellow built the pendulum after realizing that they, that they should stop looking for the island where it was supposed to be and instead look for the island where it was going to be. And uh, she says he presumed correctly that the island was always moving, and that's why they were never rescued. Um, 
One thing that's confusing to me is she talks about the island moving in two different ways, uh, like physically in terms of location and then in terms of moving in time. Mm-hmm. And did you have any sense of, of whether she was, which one she was talking about in this case, or is it both? Is it moving both in space and in time or what? Well, I took it as time, but um, just, I mean, but. Yeah, I, I guess I, the thing that, oh, go ahead. But, no, I was going to say, but I don't really understand that because, I mean, if even if, if you travel in time and you go to the United States, the United States is still in the same place. You know, right? You know, it's like yeah. if this thing seems like it literally is, you know, physically moving, and also right. And it could be jump, both, actually. Yeah. I mean, it could be moving in space and time because that's they've got that big pendulum swinging around, marking locations. So it's obviously moving in space. But, that's true. Um, she also made a comment about we you know where the, where in time the island would be. So it's moving in both, which makes it even more difficult to find. Didn't you look, when you looked at that big map, I mean, obviously, yeah, there was marks, but like the marks were pretty contained to a certain area. I, I noticed there were a couple of areas, like it seemed like it'd be mostly like in the Atlantic Ocean area right. and like down east of South America, like somewhere in that region. Right. Um, I didn't notice, happen to notice if there were any like, you know, in the Pacific Ocean or anything like that. Actually, let me look at the map really quickly here just to check that out and see if there were any okay. clear indications of, of specific areas. Okay. They show one really good shot from like overhead. Yeah, yeah, map. yeah. Like it was, yeah, shooting down. And that's, I mean, that's what, when I looked at it, it looked like to me it was like fairly similar area, you know, and that's why I was like, I, I want. I mean, there's got to be a reason for that as well, you know. I mean, why isn't this thing's jumping all over the place? And okay, yeah, okay. Well, the map's kind of hard to to figure out here, at least from the angle that I happen to get it on. Um, like, there's one giant X. It looks like it's um, like directly between North America and South America. I can't uh-huh. tell, like over west of North America and South America, but. There's a huge area between, like, it looks like, let's see here. I might be looking at a totally wrong angle. I better <laughs> look for a better screenshot here. Yeah, I noticed a huge area, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell because it's kind of, like, it doesn't look like your traditional map. It's right. Like, everything looks kind of distorted. and But, yeah, it's, like, definitely all over the place. It doesn't really look concentrated in any area. Oh, so, so it is kind of all over at, the place. At the okay. overhead shot. I got you. Okay, so it is all over Now, I did just notice from this um, overhead shot of it, there are these giant gears in the floor that look like they're made to rotate that map. So it's like the pendulum swings like in a somewhat fixed movement back and forth, and then the right. map kind of rotates around, which is just kind of a cool little detail I hadn't noticed before. Huh. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Well, but I, yeah, it's. Oh, I just I mean, what oh, I, don't, I don't really get is like land masses moving. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, that's a unique thing to this island. I mean, but it, it def- definitely makes me think that this thing isn't a normal land mass. Exactly, and that actually ties in really great with one of the theories I was talking about. Okay, uh, that I wanted to kind of explore over the hiatus. Okay. Um, but it exactly deals with the issue of the island not being a normal landmass and instead being something else. Yeah, and okay. I cannot wait to talk about it. <laughs> All, right. All right. Okay, so 
she says the island's movement seemed random, but they developed equations to determine where the island is in time. Um, she says windows in time provide a way back, but they don't stay open very long. Yours closes in 36 hours. And uh, Desmond steps up and says, you know, that Dan Daniel sent him there to tell Eloise that she had to help them save the island. She says that's why she's, you know, telling them all of this is to help. Mm -hmm. um, and she also says the island isn't done with him yet. And Desmond says, that, you know, she cost, she specifically cost him four years of his life because she told him that is that it was his purpose to go to the island. Yep. Which was huge to me because... Um, it means that him going back in time is actually what caused him to go to the island in yep. the first place. So yep. going back in time did, uh, it does seem like it affected his future. Yeah, it definitely did. And that's, that's exactly like whenever we were going through those episodes, I, you know, I, I said, you know, it, it seems like Desmond's, you know, future was decided by those moments, you know, even him being dishonorably discharged from the military right. was due mm -hmm. to that, that experience, you know, and, you know, once again, though, it kind of confuses me because, it, you know, even, even she said, you can't change the future or the past, you know, you know, you know what's right. going to happen is going to happen, but you get into this whole thing. Well, what was story supposed to happen? Well, that, yeah, he was supposed to go to the island. It was supposed to happen. Rather, he he went and saw her. Or he did go see her. That he would end up there somehow, you know. But it's just really interesting to see that, you know, that yes, definitely that that skip through time there caused him to end up at that island. Yeah, yeah, and it, and I like it's one another one of those things where if I try to think about it too much, my brain just goes to mush oh, yeah. because. Yeah. I mean, did his going back in time actually cause him to go to the island or was he going to go to the island anyway and he just kind of manipulated one of the circumstances in his past which led to him going to the island? Yeah, exactly. Like, if he hadn't have gone back in time, he would have, you know, he went, uh, the reason he went back to the island was because he was trying to win back his honor from Penny's father, you know, but in this case, he went back in time. So now the reason he went to the island was because Eloise was telling him that he had to because it was his purpose. Right. Yeah. And, it's, and it almost seems kind of like it was that way. Like up until, you know, flashes before your eyes, up until that episode, the reason Desmond was on that island was because he was trying to win his honor back. Mm -hmm. um, and when, you know, basically win Charles Widmore's approval. Right. And, but after that episode, or I guess we find out now, the whole reason in his mind he went to the island was because she told him yep. it was his purpose. That's, you see, that makes total. Actually, it makes total sense because it didn't. Al it didn't alter the outcome. It just altered the right. details. It just altered the circumstances yeah. leading to the outcome. Definitely. Which which is cool. I mean, that's that's the first time that's ever made any sense at all. Mm -hmm. um, and if and if that is what they are going for, that's like the best way they could possibly illustrate that whole issue. Oh yeah, you definitely know, because. Because up until this point, all we've ever heard about is Desmond winning the approval of Charles Widmore. Yep. And now all of a sudden, his reasons are totally different. That's right. So that's cool. <laughs> so he tells Jack, or he tells Jack, yeah, he tells Jack that they're playing some kind of game and we're just the pieces. Uh, whatever she tells you to do, ignore it. So which side do you fall on there? Do you think Desmond actually has a point or he's just a little too suspicious? No, I, I honestly, I actually have to 
um, disagree with Desmond here because it's just kind of one of those people that you can't really you can't really um, take advice from someone that's been hurt by the circumstances. You know, I mean, they're they're right. They're definitely going to have a one sided opinion on it, and I mean, and yeah, it's going to be really skewed. Yeah, for sure. exactly. You know, and so I, I I mean I I understand Desmond's point because I'd probably feel exactly the same way, but I uh-huh. I at this point I don't have any reason to believe that you know it's just a evil conspiracy against them yeah. but I did notice something whenever uh, Eloise was uh, or uh, yeah Desmond told Eloise that he was sent there by her, his, her son her response right. was very different than what I would think you know it was just kind of like she didn't say oh you know yeah Desmond you know or, or yeah Desmond tell me you know tell me about Dan you know how's he doing is he you know is, is he enjoying yeah. himself you know on the island you know just you know or just even inquire or any kind of emotion whatsoever it was just kind of like almost like bitter look mm. I don't I didn't pay too close attention to her reaction so it was kind of like almost there she wasn't knew exactly what he was talking about but she wasn't happy about it either not happy like, or or even just even to what you just said, she may have already kn- knew that he was coming because mm-hmm. Dan was going to do exactly that, and maybe it was just kind of like, oh, you know, you're already telling me something I already know. But the response yeah. was absolutely almost just it was there was such a nothingness that it was almost like uh, evil. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, the lack of response caused me to like question her integrity altogether. Yeah. Right. I see what you mean now. Yeah, almost like she was somewhat miffed because Daniel was interfering or something. Yeah, I see what you mean. So she gives Jack the binder, which, you know, tells him that Ajira Airways Flight 316 will be flying right through their window and can basically get them back onto the island. Right. And, um, you know, if you want to return, you need to recreate as best you can the circumstances that brought you there. That means as many of the same people as possible, but if they can't get everyone, the results will be unpredictable. And now this was pretty cool to me. Yep. It's like they're trying to recreate the best they can, Flight 815, with the same people if possible. Um, almost like the circumstances surrounding their return to the oh, yeah. island are extremely important. Yep. Only like, like the island's looking for a certain set of people or a certain set of circumstances and if you're, it's not there, things aren't going to go as they're supposed to. Yep. Yeah. No, I, um, and I want to know why, why, <laughs> why well, is that? I don't know. I mean, obviously I, there's, I don't have any idea really why, but it had, I guess to me, it almost has to deal. The Island is as much about their state of mind as it is their physical, you know, like their mm-hmm. situation and everything like, like even that this Island may not even be physical that it's right. more of a either spiritual or a state of you know uh, uh, I don't know uh, uh, I don't know I just kind of now I'm starting to melt m- my mind again but like that <laughs> that this this island um, it accepted them and brought them and kept them alive because of their circumstances and because of their their positions and that you know had that not I mean there's been there was a lot of people that died or a lot of people didn't make it even right. through the flight, you know. Mm-hmm. So there has to be something there to that, you know, that these people's problems in their positions is why they were accepted to that island, you know. That's a good point because, yeah, you're right, because there were so many people. Now, 
and I guess the way I took it more was that these were the only people on that flight that left the island. Mm-hmm. And it's like pretty much everyone else was either on the island alive or on the island dead. And it's like the circumstances surrounding those people that got off the island returning were, were very important. Right. Um, but I don't understand how they were even supposed to come close to recreating the original flight when they only had, what, five people? Yeah, yeah, but uh, I think we've talked about this in the past, how it's almost like each person represents, it's like the degrees of separation. Each person represents somebody, you know, like each Jack represents a group. Kate represents a group. Mm -hmm. So that six could represent everybody, you know, uh, with their circumstances right. and with their, you know, state of mind and, you know, just in, uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about the actual flight itself and like them being on that mm-hmm. flight, because honestly, the way it matched up is really very true to the way they felt on that flight, their first flight. Really? Yeah, we'll definitely have to talk about that then. I hadn't thought about that. Okay. Let me just recap it real quick off the top of my head here real quick. We'll start with the obvious okay. with Jack. Jack obviously right. is dealing and grieving with the loss of someone that he blames himself for with Locke. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go with let's go with Sun. Sun is going to she accepts her husband, gets on the flight, an oceanic flight, and st- decides to stay with him and in, in spite mm-hmm. of everything. Well, this flight she, she, in spite of everything, she chooses her husband again um, over everything, her 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 child and everything. Even though mm-hmm. the situation's hard, she chooses her love for her husband over everything. Right. Okay. Kate. Kate comes on the flight. She's a, a, arrested. However, she's also heartbroken because of the situation that she's been put in with her mother and with everything. Well, she just had to get, and she just had to give up the one thing that meant anything to her off the island, uh, off the island, and that's right. her son. And so she's got mm-hmm. this, she's got this, this heartache uh, that, you know, that basically, you know, it's imprisoned her, um, and she's back um, in that situation. However, this is where, it, in my mind, it switches because she took the role of Saeed, and Saeed took the role of Kate. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, instead of them being themselves, they were basically proxies for each other. Exactly. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, she isn't necessarily looking for the person she lost. No, but, but she did she's lose dealing somebody. with heartache. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Saeed obviously In, was incarcerated. By exactly. And Hurley, that's cool. Hurley is still dealing with the same situation, and you know, with you know everything being a curse, he's never got over that anyway. So his situation's still the same, right? And I was going to talk about this later, but like the first time I watched this episode, the him carrying the guitar case hit me like a ton oh, of bricks. Yeah. Why in the world? It's like obviously we're like the thing that pops into my mind is he's like almost like a proxy for Charlie, yeah, exactly. But he didn't know about all that stuff. He didn't know about the fact that they needed to recreate the flight as closely as possible. Well, I don't think... And all that stuff. Yeah. He showed up there at the airport uh, uh, for no reason. Yeah, we know of at this point. Yeah, and, and Saeed the same right. way. 
you know, Saeed was, he, he was brought in, you know, in incarcerated, basically he was, he was, yeah. you know, being escorted onto the, the plane, you right. know, it's like, to me, it, it definitely, the, the island did some of the work too. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. I've got a note about that later on but, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, but that, when I saw a guitar case, I was like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. You know? Yeah. So, and, but, uh, she, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just to say, and then if you know, you can even go uh, a stretch further, and you know, Ben is obviously the lot character. You know, he's the one searching back for, searching for who he is, getting trying to get to a place that he can prove, prove to himself and everybody else who you know who he says he is. Yeah, you really do think Ben, like the the person Ben seems to be the most like on that plane, would be locked then. Um. I mean, I don't know who else it would yeah, be, that would but be, I, I guess I have a hard time making um, a comparison between the two of them. I think the only reason I can make a comparison is just because of what I just said, is just the fact that Ben is being questioned by everybody of who he is, being actually told by a lot of people who he is, mm-hmm. you know, just like Locke. You know, now it's a stretch because I like Locke's character a lot better than I do Ben's character just because he's more likable, And but yet there's a mystery yeah. that surrounds both of them. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they've kind yeah, of definitely. been told plenty of times who they everybody else thinks they are. And they are very upfront, well, you know, that, you know, you believe what you want to believe, but that is not who I am. You know, yeah, and, and I and that's the only way. You know, it's kind of a loose connection, but I, I definitely believe that 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 could right. be it. You know, yeah, but I I definitely remember though thinking that Ben sticks out like a sore thumb on this flight. Oh yeah, like he really has. He should not be there in the first place, in my mind. Yeah, and it's kind of like why in the heck is he, is he there in the first place? Especially when he told Locke in the Orchid Station that you know he couldn't come back. Yeah. After he left. No, I definitely agree. I mean, I mean, to me, it was like, I, I honestly just was like almost, I was, I was in a hurly position. I was like, oh my gosh, what's he doing there? You know, it was, I, it was yeah. disappointing to see him <laughs> even on the flight, you know, in the right. long sense. So. Yeah. We can talk more about that in a little bit here. Um, let's see here. Uh, where were we at? Oh yeah. Okay. So she tells Jack that Ben and son heard what they needed to hear mm-hmm. and she has more information for him. And uh, she has this suicide note from John Locke. So we find out that he committed suicide. And um, we find out also that he hanged himself. And she says that Locke is going to help them get back. He's going to be a substitute for Jack's father on the plane. Mm -hmm. And uh, he has to get something that belonged to his father. And he needs to give it to Locke. And... um, yeah, we kind of talked about the whole substitute, you know, thing. So we'll we'll kind of leave that for now. And uh, she says he needs to stop thinking about how ridiculous it is and to start thinking about whether or not he believes it's going to work. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called a leap of faith. The exact same comment Locke made to him back in season yep. one or two. Yep, definitely. Yep. And it was this whole situation of she's telling him something that's just totally unbelievable and he's being tested again as to whether he's going to believe it oh, yeah. or run like he did from the island. That's right, yeah. And uh, it's amazing how different Jack is now. Oh. Um, how quick quick he is to accept these things that seem so totally ridiculous. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think he, I think he, I mean, as I mentioned before, I think he blames himself for the majority of everything that's happened, you know, to them and to the yeah. people on the island. Right. Yeah, and to the p- other people that that left the exactly. island, I think he blames himself for all of the 
the stuff yep. they're having to go through definitely, as well. Definitely. So Jack leaves the room and goes out into the sanctuary where Ben is waiting and says, he says son left, um, which the first time I saw this, I was like, uh, so she's out. You know, right. I thought for sure that she was decided she wasn't going to go to the island for some reason. So, cause I was wondering where in the heck she went. But, um, you know, Ben says he'll pick up Locke's body on the way to the airport and that he has a few loose ends to tie up. And uh, Jack gets a call from the nursing home where his grandfather is staying, and they're saying that he left again. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes to visit him and opens the suitcase that he had packed so he could leave the nursing home and finds an old pair of his dad's shoes. His grandfather makes a couple of comments about getting away and wanting to go somewhere else and says anywhere would be better than here. Jack later makes the comment that he's going away as well and that it's somewhere better than here. Mm-hmm. Now... This whole scene felt extremely odd to me. Yeah, I don't know if it did to you, and I'm I'm confident that they didn't just include it so they could, you know, so Jack could find a pair of old shoes from his dad and give him the lock. Right. Um, did you have any ideas what this whole scene might have been about? You know, it goes back to the crazy theory of you know if somehow the Shepherd family is connected to this island. You know, it was almost almost like it was some code talk going on, you know, Uh like they were, they were speaking of the same thing. And he was like, they were like, you know, where were you going? He was, where were you going, grandpa? And he's like, is there any question of where I'd be going? You know? And it's like, we have no idea what the heck that means. You know? I mean, Uh I mean, if he has the ability to, uh, or if he's searching for, you know, something or if he's, you know, I don't know. It's just like. It, to me, it just was, seemed like it was all too much code talk for just him to find the shoes, you know? Yeah. Um, and especially with him talking about, you know, with his grandfather making the comment that, you know, anywhere would be better than mm-hmm. here. And then Jack making that same comment, like they're both, well, or Jack is like so fed up with the the real world and is so con- totally consumed with going back to the island. And his grandfather's totally consumed with getting out of the nursing yeah. home for obvious reasons. But the scene was, I mean, it, it's one of those things that looks like it's staring you in the face and you can't figure out oh, yeah. what they're trying to tell you. Yeah. With it. And maybe it's nothing. Maybe it was just a, you know, a, a weird scene that they had to throw in just so he could find a pair of shoes. But I don't, I don't think that's what it is. No, I don't either. I mean, because I mean, they just as easily could have like, Jack could have went to his jewelry box or something like that and looked down and seen like, you know, had a little flashback of his dad giving him a ring or something when he was a kid. You know, I mean, it could have been yeah, a lot easier and right. more sentimental. Or going you know? to his mom's house and pulling a pair of shoes yeah. out of the oh, closet. that could have been mad easy, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, but yeah, there's I something guess there. We'll have to we'll have to watch more in the future and and see if there's any more information about that cuz I'm totally puzzled. So uh, Jack arrives back home and finds Kate lying in the bedroom crying. Um, but that, that scene creeped me out, oh by the way. Gosh, now, I don't know too. if you've ever seen any David Lynch movies, but um, just him walking through this dark house where you can barely make out any of the shapes. And then he gets into this really dark blue-looking bedroom, and she's laying there on the bed. It just was really creepy. Oh, it was very scary. And, Kate uh, didn't even look like herself. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't even look, you know, she didn't look like herself. I mean, the, I even at that point, I was like, right is this some kind of like vision and not really her, you know what I mean? Like, it, you know, yeah. like started messing with my head because it was so creepy. 
And it was another one of those scenes where I almost felt like, and this could just be the, you know, David Lynch fan, you know, that I am, but it's like, are they trying to tell us something else with this, this scene? Right. Like, is this supposed to be something that's supposed to remind us of something else mm-hmm. or is it supposed to represent something else? Like, but I don't know, but you know, she asks if he's still going back to the Island and she says she's going to go with him. And he asks what happened where, you know, what happened and where Aaron is. And she says, if he wants her to go with him, he'll never ask her about Aaron again. Yeah. So what's going on? The only logical explanation is that she went, she got a hold of uh, Claire's mom and told her, and 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 decided and to decide give, to her. give. Yeah, I mean that's that's the most or give him to her. Yeah, yeah, that's the most logical and you know probably best thing that could happen. And you know, obviously right. for Kate, that'd be one of the hardest things in the world to have to do. But um, right to me, it was really interesting because she chose Jack and the island over being the mother of to Aaron. Uh, because I think, right. I think honestly it boiled down to, I don't know that she could get over the fact that it, that Aaron really was not hers, you know, and yeah. that Jack yeah. really was. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess in my mind it would weigh on your mind if you were Kate and you know, she doesn't know what happened to Claire, you know, all she knows is she disappeared That's for true. some reason. And, and like, weighing on your mind of, you know, his real mother could possibly be out there on that island. And the right thing for her to do would be to do all she could to Bring find him. Claire. That's true. I mean, that to get her back and re- reunite them. But she obviously didn't, wouldn't want to take Aaron back mm-hmm. to the island. So it's kind of like, um, she may have given him up, you know, at least temporarily. Right. But if she goes to the island, finds Claire, brings Claire back, then she has really given him up for good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But like, I'm trying to think of that reunion. You know, like Aaron's gonna think, you know, Kate's his mom. How does that? Right. How does that work? You know, how does that work? You know, I mean, just, just trying yeah. to flash ahead. You know, like that had to probably be part of the process as well. You know, it's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna have to deal with that regardless. But it was. I thought it was a crazy scene, but it was really cool to see that. Kate did decide to go back on her own rather than being drugged. You know, like I was thinking, oh man, they're going to like basically kidnap her. Yeah. I was really glad she decided to go back because it, it does like, I'm like you, like to me, they, these people belong on that Island mm-hmm. and it's like the show is at its best when those people are on that. Island. Definitely. So the next morning, Jack gets a call from a blood covered bin who's on a payphone at the Long Beach Marina. Uh, he says he's been sidetracked and he needs Jack to pick up Locke's coffin on the way to the airport. Um, and, and of course, any thoughts on why Ben is covered in uh, blood? Well, there's there's only a few things that probably could have happened there. One, mm-hmm. he actually, I mean, I, as soon as he said, I got some loose ends and to tie up, I knew he was talking about trying to go kill Penny. You know, and... What was that? What was I, I knew point? he was talking about going to try kill to try to kill Penny. Right, and, telling Charles Woodmore yeah. that he was going to track her down. Yeah, and yeah. so the blood, to me, either hers and his, mm-hmm. because he was obviously beaten up, or it was just his, and he got intercepted before he could get to Penny and got beat down, or yeah. it was a combination of, you know, like them having a altercation, and, and you know, and, and hopefully in my, in my mind, I hope and pray that, somehow Desmond was able to fight him off and keep Penny alive and, right. you know. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, cool. 
So Jack goes to pick up Locke at the butcher shop and slips the new shoes onto Locke's feet. Um, he says, wherever you are, you must be laughing that I'm actually doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this, But this is even crazier than you were. And he then pulls out Locke's suicide note and puts it in Locke's coffin. He says he's already heard everything Locke had to say. You wanted me to go back to the island. I'm going back. Yep. And I actually really liked this scene. I kept waiting for Locke's eyes to pop open. Oh, I did too. <laughs> actually, I thought he was going to say something. I guess something. I do that with any scene with somebody in a coffin. Yeah, though. me too. Like even when I go to funerals, <laughs> this is awful. But when I go, yeah. I look, I, I'm like, I, I swear I just saw them move. You know, it's like, because because yeah. it, to me, it's just such a creepy ritual and everything like that. The, that stillness, we do. the stillness is so unusual. Yes. And I, I bet most people do that. It's just you watch for maybe it's like a subconscious hope, but you kind of watch for the person to, to move or Definitely. show some signs of life. And especially with Locke, you expected him. I expect him to go, well, it is pretty crazy, Jack, you know? And I'm like, Oh yeah. my gosh, you know? <laughs> yeah. That was, <laughs> that is crazy. Or, or saying something like this is pretty crazy, but we've seen worse. They yeah. Just, they just laugh and hug and exactly. you know, hug it out. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah, but it didn't come. So uh, at the airport, Jack is about to go through security when he runs into Sun. You know, so she decided to go back to the island as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he then sees Saeed being led through security in handcuffs by a woman with a badge. And uh, we then see Hurley sitting and waiting. Oh, go ahead. Ana Lucia, by the way. Ana Lucia. Oh, yeah. She's kind of, Wow. Good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. She's almost on Lucia's <laughs> yes, proxy. There. Exactly. That's good. And uh, we then see Hurley sitting and waiting for, you know, the flight. And as it turns out, he bought up all of the extra seats. So as few people as possible would have to experience what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack shows up and asks him how he found out about the flight. And he says, all that matters is that I'm here. So somehow he found out about the Ajira flight right. and he's there to get on it. And he seems very apprehensive around Jack. I don't know if you picked that up yeah, or not. Yeah, I did. Definitely. Like he was totally trying to either avoid Jack or he was worried about something. Like when they were done talking, he's like, you know, you go on ahead. Like you like you didn't trust him or something. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the sense I got. And I almost thought he wasn't going to get on. Like he says, you go ahead uh-huh. and like let them, you know, let them see him there, but he wasn't actually going to get on the plane. That's kind of how I took his demeanor, but... Uh, yeah, right. definitely un- untrusting is what I got. I got. Yeah. And I mean, you're probably came to the same conclusion I did that, you know, Hurley's obviously been having conversations with dead people <laughs> yeah. for some time. Yeah. And somebody tipped him off about this, which is both interesting and creepy oh, yeah. because obviously whoever it was he was talking to knew all the information. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously, I mean, we, I don't think we believed it was all in his head before. No. But this is clearly, legitimately, someone talking to Hurley. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I want to know how he got off jail, but. Well, we found that out. Let's see. Let me make sure I'm not. Yeah, we found that out um, like an episode or two ago. Oh, we did? Whenever the the lawyer went and visited Ben. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he told, he told that's him, right. yeah, they had I, information I to prove that it wasn't Hurley yeah. that killed the guards. That's and right. Basically, he'd have him out of jail by the morning. Yeah, that's right. All that stuff. I forgot about that. Yep, so we got that information. That is one mystery we can cross, we cross off the list Done. finally. Yes. <laughs> so Jack gets on the plane, and sure enough, all of the oceanic people who crashed and later got off the island are there. 
And, you know, it's as if destiny has made sure that they're all on that mm-hmm. plane. You know, all these different circumstances came together and brought those people there. And uh, at the last minute, Ben comes running aboard too. And uh, one of the flight attendants comes and gives him gives Jack the suicide note and says they found it while screening the luggage. So Destiny wanted him to have that note Definitely. as well. Yep. Which Jack makes reference to in a scene later on. But um, yeah, you had started to make a comment about uh, you know, Destiny and how it was kind of interacting and orchestrating all these events. Was there any more to be said about that, or was that it? Well, I just, I mean, like we talked about in the, this earlier, it just like there's certain things that keep, you know, are keeping these people, you know, uh, even like putting their circumstances in their minds, like uh, keeping their emotions t- uh, the same, and and with um, this. Uh, w- with the, or with all them getting you know the 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 plane and then you have you come to find out you have the pilots the same you know the same guy uh, yeah Lapidus, uh, Lapidus and then uh, uh, right it's just like it, there's too much and you know that the island orchestrated for them to be together you know it's like it's like if they start going down this almost predestined road things start mm-hmm. to click and are right. Or at least right. correct for that island. Anything off yeah. of that is disastrous, you know. Yeah, and that that leads perfectly into my next my next note here about the predestined stuff here. Okay, because um, of course we find out, you know, like you said, Frank Lapidus is the pilot of the plane, but of course, way back at the beginning, I think of season three or four, I forget which one it was. You know, we found out that Frank was supposed to right. have been the pilot of Oceanic Eight Fifteen. Yep. So it's as if destiny needed those people there on that island yep. and now it's it's basically going to get all of exactly. them exactly i mean and who's to say too like these all these other people on this plane they could have been people that were supposed to have been on that flight in the first place but canceled at the last minute definitely. or whatever and that's the reason they're on the plane well i definitely get the sense of the i i can't i'm I guess that is ethnicity of hispanic gentleman that's there like yeah, he looks very familiar, but it might either be just that I've seen him in something else. But he looks very familiar. Yeah. And I don't know if I've seen him earlier in the show, but I, you know, but I don't, yeah, I don't remember. I mean, he didn't look familiar to me. Okay, so it must, I must I must have seen him in something. But it definitely other, seems maybe. like they've got this. Um, the island wants this particular group of people, and it's like they were never supposed to leave. So the island's doing whatever yep. it has to to get them all back. Definitely. There. I, I mean, as so uh, as oh, uh, no, just I, I I expect to see that gentleman there too and i expect to see Mm -hmm. as they start unwinding the story him to say well i was supposed to be on that oceanic flight that crashed it's you know da 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 yeah i i could see that Uh happening yeah so uh jack and ben talk on the plane i really liked this scene here Mm -hmm. um you know jack says did you know that Locke killed himself and ben says no and he says, you know, he tried over and over and over to get rid of the letter, but it keeps coming back to him. He says he gets the feeling that John needs him to read it. And Ben asks him if he hasn't read it because he's afraid that Locke blames him and, and that he was responsible for Locke killing himself. And uh, Jack reads the note, which was just really short, and said, Jack, I wish you had believed me. JL. Um, which I guess a lot of people were disappointed with the note. What did you think? I think it was said everything. 
Yeah. You know, I, like, yeah, I guess it would have been kind of cheesy if it had said much more than no, that, really. No, I mean, if you could sit there and read this real long note, and you know, you know, at one time we got <laughs> off on a bad foot. Yeah, but, technically, it would have been a huge challenge to pull off. Yeah, exactly. Because he'd had to have like a voiceover of Locke reading the yeah. note while he's looking at it. it no, just been cheesy, I think it I think. was really, I think it was well played. I mean, um, because yeah. at that point, what the difference is, is Jack did believe him. And that yeah. that moment is when the plane started to do its stuff. It took Jack opening that letter and believing. Like, yeah, like it, he finally fully had exactly. faith. It wasn't until that moment that he quite had enough exactly. to seal the deal. And then all of a sudden he did. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. So then, if, like you said, just then the plane starts to shake a little bit and I loved this, the anticipation in that scene mm-hmm. because the Oceanic Six, they know exactly what's about to happen. And of course, to everybody else, it's just a little turbulence, no big deal. And uh, it gets more and more rough. And just then there's this bright flash. Right. And, you know, boom, right there they are. And Jack wakes up, wake up, wakes up on the island and we pick up from where we started at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So to the last bit here. After Kate wakes up and realizes they're back on the island, they're all wondering where the plane is and where Sun and Saeed are, and none of them remembers crashing. They just woke up there. Right. So it seems like there was this flash, which looked very similar to the whole time skipping that we've seen before. But, I mean, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, um, yeah, there's a flash, and all of a sudden they're on the island. Right. So thoughts on that? Well, I mean... To me, it just was just uh, the window, you know, as she spoke of, you know, it was mm-hmm. like, um, it, I I almost expect to see like the next scene, like, you know, the plane like being normal and leveling out and then just almost like the left behind movies, people, you know, like the Oceanic Six and whoever else that was supposed to be gone, gone. You know, uh-huh. it's like, a, it's almost what I feel like it's, it's going to be because as they woke up, obviously there wasn't a plane wreck like there was the first time there wasn't, you know, they didn't, mm-hmm. they don't remember anything. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know exactly what to think of the flash because obviously we don't, it's not, we know that things not skipping any longer. We know that they weren't sucked in because of the, this, you know, to the skipping Island or, or whatever, but, uh, right. I don't know. I'm 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 a bit uh, lost, should I say, at that. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll just wait and get a little bit more information as the season unfolds. Yeah. So just then, someone in a blue Dharma minibus pulls up listening to some 70s tunes, and it's Jin. Mm-hmm. And he's in a Dharma jumpsuit with a gun. What the heck is going on? Okay, Here, here's my theory. Yes, they stopped the skipping, but they, sc- they stopped it in a certain time period. And so it doesn't didn't necessarily mean that they stopped it in present time, you know. So mm-hmm. my thoughts is that they stopped it in like, like you know, back in whatever this is, you know, the seventies or when, whenever. Matter of fact, actually, whenever the time that Dharma was actually really new, because everything looked new, the uniforms, the van, everything right. looked new. So this to me automatically explains something. One. Okay, go for it. It definitely explains to me how Daniel tells um, Charlotte about the future. 
because this is mm-hmm. that's 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 where they're at. They're at that era, at that time, right now. Charlotte's a little girl okay. on that island somewhere. Two, it tells me why he was there working on that um, on the orchid. Okay, because they're at that time period. So to me, the island is now Dharma is just now starting to build these stations, starting to work, do all this stuff, and now I'm sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, the reason why all this was built was because in in actually the efforts of the 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 oceanic group okay i see what you so basically let me break it down here so even though it's 2007 i think Mm -hmm. whenever everybody got on that plane on a jira 316 and flew back to the island Mm -hmm. um there are like as they got close enough to the island they kind of went to the current time frame of the island, which was back in the 70s. Right. So they're transported from 2007 to 70 whatever. Right. And now they're on the island in the 70s when the Dharma Initiative is getting started. Mm-hmm. And okay, so that's why Daniel would be around young Charlotte. That's why he would be down in the orchid station right. working on it, all of that yep. stuff. Yep. Makes, right? Yep. Yeah, it makes, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Cool. Yeah, I like that. That's a great, great, great theory. Okay, anything else before we get into our uh, forum comments and voicemails and all that jazz? Just one, one last thing is just it was uh, weird for Jen or for son to leave her child. Yeah, right. It was a bit strange for me. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I guess the alternative. I mean, it's her husband after all. Yeah, I, I, you know? I, I, I do. And it's get like that. she isn't going to take the baby. That's for sure. Yeah, it's just kind of, it's just kind of one of those things where, obviously, it'd be an extremely hard decision. But it's just like, in light yeah. of knowing who her parents are, well, at least her dad, you know, that's who oh, we yeah, believe right. that he, she left him with or left her with. Right. So, okay. But I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 I mean. Obviously, I mean, if that woman on the phone was her mom, I mean, it seemed like the baby was being cared for True. pretty well, True. at least. Enough to where she could feel comfortable leaving for a bit to go see what the heck was right. going on with Jen. But, I mean, to me, they don't have any indication that they're coming back. Sure, sure, yeah. That's true. Yeah, great point. Man, I had never thought of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that would really suck, yeah. actually. <laughs> I mean, it's a bigger decision than I, just, well, you'll be back in a few days, honey, you know. Yeah, right, because they don't, I mean, it also it seems like there had to be such an orchestration of events for them to get off the island the first time that getting off twice seems nearly impossible. Yeah, exactly. Man, I had never thought of that. Crap, that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's what I was thinking about the whole time. Man, I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Well, BCK Lockhart writes, I think this was the best episode of the season. I know how many, I know many didn't care for, but for me, it had a lot of the old time storytelling that I was missing in season four and five. And maybe he means season three and four. I'm not sure. Right. Um, it started with a shocker, Jack waking up on the island just as he did in the pilot episode. I'm curious if something similar happened on flight 815 and the survivors were taken from the plane before it crashed on the island. If Frank had been flying it, it maybe, or if Frank had been flying it, then maybe it wouldn't have crashed. I've always wondered how so many people could survive such a crash without hardly a scratch on them. Seriously, nobody was really injured, except for the marshal that was escorting Kate. 
He was probably a survivor of the crash and not one taken from the plane by the island before the crash. What do you think of that idea about it wasn't a crash, but in the same way they were taken from 316, they were taken from 815? I mean, it makes total sense. You and I actually talked about this back then, back in season one. We had this whole thing. I was right, about saying, it not seeming like a regular yeah, plane Yeah, I was crash. like, this has to be something that was staged. But this makes total sense in the fact that they were taken, placed on the island, but the plane crashed was not part of the deal. It happened because a uh, pilot error due to the turbulation. You know, right. like, yeah. oh, you know, like they were supposed to be taken. However, the dude just crashed the plane. You know, mm-hmm. and I, that's why. Now that, that just made me think as well. If you know, if the same thing did happen, and there was actually some kind of time issue mm-hmm. going on when they crashed. Did they go forward or back in time when they crashed on the island the first time? I mean, it definitely, it definitely could be the case. I mean, the only, the only issue, and we can talk about this because the only issue I have with that is when they left, they left the island. The amount of time that elapsed on the island had elapsed off the island. Yeah, but true. at the same yeah. time, is it doesn't matter if I'm in 1956, my days is still the same type of day as you are in 2009. 100 and some odd days was still had passed, you know, Mm -hmm. rather than, but it don't matter if it, you know, passed in my year or your year, you know, so the days would have been the same, but the, the time could have been different. Right. You know, so, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely a really cool point. That's, that was kind of my theory to, that to see the next six episodes, if, if that, I could just very much believe that I'd see it in Lapidus is like either flying fine and going, Oh man, you know, and and just evens this thing out, you know, or mm-hmm. or um, and they don't crash. That's kind of what I'm expecting to see. Right. Yeah, or maybe the plane. I mean, maybe the only people taken from that plane were the people that were supposed to go back that's, to the that's island. That's my. That's maybe what they I'm were thinking. just like instantly transferred. Yep. Right. Okay. He says the mystery of how Kate, Hurley, and Saeed ended up on that plane was just what Lost had been missing this season. We know why Jack and Son were on the plane, but what would bring the others to change their minds? I love the way this story was told. It left me wanting more immediately after the episode aired, and I had so many questions and theories running through my head. He says Jack's father was an interesting insertion into the show. Uh, Will we see more of him later? The Shepherds are fairly prominent, Jack, Claire, Christian, and now the grandfather. I don't think they would bring this character into the show just to introduce us to the shoes. <laughs> Granddad sounds like he would be very happy to escape somewhere like the island. Maybe he has been there before. And he says the whole scene with Kate was spooky. She seemed possessed. But the best line of the show belongs to Frank. We're not going to Guam, are we? I like that one too. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I like that whole scene because, and, and it's a hard emotion to to describe, but it's like, um, man, maybe you'll understand what I'm saying here. Like, Frank realizes who these people are. He realizes what's happened to him mm-hmm. in the past, and it's like he draws from that this sense of almost like adventure yep. that's about to happen. Yep. And it's like, when he says that, I got excited. Me too. Like, you know, heck yeah, let's see what the heck's going to yeah. happen here. You know, I'm <laughs> you know, sure that, that flight thing. was like that for him. He's like, I mean, the whole time he's probably like on the edge, you know, going, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, uh, John's letter was disappointing, but still poignant. 
the the opening scene being extended with the arrival of Jen was the perfect ending to a perfect episode. And I agree 100%. This was uh, probably, I mean, it wasn't my favorite episode of the season, but this this episode is what got me so excited for season five. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a cool I mean, it's been great episode. so far, but this one really got me excited for what the heck's going to happen next. Awesome. And uh, Debbie writes, I loved Frank showing up as a pilot in this in this plane. Of course, it is only right and the universe or the universe's way of course correcting as he was supposed to be the pilot of 815, like mm-hmm. we talked about before. But a good point there. And we've got a few voicemails here, too. Let's get into those. Okay. Hey, Anton Evan. It's Jed from Des Moines. I'm driving along listening to This Place is Death, and I had to stop the podcast just to call you because this is craziness. Okay, you guys are chatting about Danielle Rousseau meeting Jin and how everyone's having problems with the fact that she should remember Jin. And I, I, and this is one of the times when, man, I really wish this was a live show I could call in and we could talk about this. You know, maybe I, I agree with other. I might have a, a bad memory. Uh, let's just think about this, okay? There's 16 years of time that goes by. All right, she meets Jin. Uh, twice, small amount of times, bo- small amount of time both times. Um, he does disappear in front of her. That's a big deal. But uh, what what would be even bigger for anyone to deal with than somebody disappearing in front of them? How about um, having all your friends go insane and try to kill you, and you having to murder your own lover, and then top that off with your baby, the only thing you have on the island, <laughs> disappears, or actually is taken away from you. That's that's rough stuff. Poor Danielle. I think she had a rough time. Um, I guess also to defend this, maybe uh, she met Jin again, and he had shorter hair. He grew his hair out uh, the longer he was on the island. I don't know. There's lots of things we could say, but I, I don't think this is the end-all, be-all uh, dividing point for anyone watching this show. Um, there's, there's bigger things. There's bigger problems. I mean, come on. Get back to Charlie. What, where, where's his greatest hit note? Come on. No one cares. Uh, no, guys. Great show. Uh, I'll go listen to the rest. Thanks. Thanks so much, Jed, for your call. I really appreciate you siding with me completely. Shut it. To, I mean, is it just me? I really do think that's totally understandable. She's had some huge trauma. She killed everybody in her team. I assume really good friends of hers who tried to kill her first, her baby's taken away from her. I mean... Our pet's heads are falling I mean, guy, off. G- what, what? Our pet's heads are falling off. Yeah, I mean... No, you didn't, I guess... You didn't hear what I said. What? I just, I just made a dumb, and, a dumb and Dumber reference, and you were like, yeah. <laughs> You've come to ignore <laughs> me. Didn't. You've come to ignore me on this show. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no. What was the dumb and dumb? I just dumb said our pets' reference. heads are falling off. Oh. Because <laughs> you were going on with all this whole things going on. I said our pets' heads are falling oh, off. No. Just forget Sorry, it. Sorry, I yeah. thought you were making a reference to like something that had happened to people on her team or no, something yes. she had witnessed or, no, or something I'm like sorry, that. No, I'm sorry. I mean, mean I was trying to think back in my mind to when somebody's head fell off, but I, <laughs> I, I said pets. <laughs> our pets' heads are falling off. Uh, go ahead. I took your word for it. Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now I'm all off track I'm anyway. I'm sorry. Okay. But yeah, I mean, a guy disappearing in front of you is pretty huge. 
but it doesn't really compare to the traumatic like damage it's going to do to your psyche to to have all this other stuff happen to you. That's and when true. you compile that with with the whole issue of her not expecting to see the guy there anyway, then it makes a lot more sense, I think. Yeah, that's true. And actually, our oh, go ahead. No, I so say that's that's true. I'll give it to you. You're not the only one that thinks that. Obviously, Jed does. But um, yeah, and actually, Jed's not the only one either because Robert does as well. Let's listen to that. Okay. Hey there, Anton and Evan. This is Robert in Miami. Um, was calling in regards to this place's death. Um, a listener called in and was discussing about their dissatisfaction and you know how they were a long time losty and decided to leave the show after this episode because um, he convinced his friends to watch the show and in regards to the fact that the writers knew what they were doing and they weren't making it up as they go along, I'll just say this, that when you have a show that's 60-something, 70-something episodes, at the very beginning, you do not have every single episode planned out. You have a beginning of the series, a middle of the series, the end of the series, and you pretty much know what uh, what path you're going to go on. You have a, a rough draft and on how you're going to head. But each episode, you have to go along and make, and make things up, and you try to keep it as uh, um, continuity-friendly as, as possible. Um, but you're not going to have every single episode lined out from episode 1 through episode 60 or episode 70 um, from the very beginning. So things are going to get made up as you go along, and you try to keep them as uh, as close to the storyline as possible. You try to keep it a uh, person's interest as much as possible. So you can't fault the writers for making a mistake or, or trying different things um, and, and seeing how it works out. But as far as... Um, Rousseau not knowing Jen, I would say they already touched upon this and what the writers are good at is that they will show you something that way when they bring something along you can understand where they're coming from because of the fact that um, Faraday Faraday had seen Desmond before Desmond left the island with the, the Oceanic Six yet Desmond did not recognize Faraday he did not um, remember him from being in the past when Faraday knocked on the door of the hatch. It wasn't until after he knocked on the hatch, after Desmond was already off the island, that Desmond recalled him. So in that case, I don't think that Rousseau would have remembered Jen because it hadn't actually happened in Jen's timeline yet. If, 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 if she would have still been alive when that happened in his timeline, then maybe that memory would have come to her. But at the time when she died, she didn't have that memory because it hadn't actually happened yet in Jen's timeline. I think in the case what has to happen in both persons' timeline, her timeline and, and his timeline. Her timeline would be her past timeline, and his timeline would be his present timeline. So I don't think she would have recognized him or remembered him because it hadn't happened yet. And they showed that, um, like I said, with the Faraday and Desmond thing. That way, when they did show this episode then uh, the audience would understand it better. Um, love your podcast. Looking forward to the next one. Do not mind if you use this phone call. I know it was very, very long. I just wanted to get that across. Um, you can break it down or, you know, however you want to do it. But take care. Thanks so much, Robert, for your call. Um, he pointed out something great with the whole issue of how much the writers knew mm-hmm. um, versus how much they're making up and all this stuff and all the continuity create issues created with that. And I actually pulled up um, from very early in season two, 
um, they started the the official loss podcast, which right. you know, as most people will know, um, but you may not be familiar with Anton, is that these two guys are like the lost guys. They are the authorities on lost. They're the guys who are basically in charge of the show in every way. Wow. Um, one of the guys was actually the guy who worked with JJ Abrams to develop the show, the original outline of the show, which was actually picked up by ABC. Wow. So these are the guys to go to if you want to know anything about lost. So they're just and below, they actually, they're just below, oh, they're just below us in the, the podcast world then. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, <laughs> if you take us and like, take away a tiny bit then they're right there oh wow okay I but get it. yeah right but but they're awesome this is like that's one of my favorite podcasts a lot of people don't like it because they tend to kind of uh take questions and everything less seriously than than we would um, because of course they're seeing the show from a totally different perspective yeah, sure um but but in this case back in season two they explained exactly how much they knew about the show versus how much was being made up so i thought we would listen to that okay more than, even more than I do. Uh, Tony Stark 2000, by the way, I don't know if you know this, Carlton, but Tony Stark is uh, is Iron Man's alter ego. Oh. Bil- billionaire Tony Stark has built the the Iron Man uh, armor so, the, so that he can go out and fight crime. So Tony Stark 2000 asks, how many seasons do you have the plot mapped out for? <laughs> Which is a question we never get asked. No, we never get asked that question. Everyone just has a very, very Viac and Dios approach to the show. They, they, they don't really need to know what we're, what we're up to. Well, Tony Stark, two thousand. <laughs> we, um, we actually, we know what we're doing next week on the show. I will say that. Um, no, we do have, um, we have a, we have a. Our, our, the metaphor we like to use is that we know we're taking a road trip from Los Angeles to Boston, and uh, we get up every day and. Damon and I come into the office, and we 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 don't know on a given day whether we're going to take a rural highway or we, whether we're going to take the interstate or whether our car is going to break down and we're going to hitchhike. But we know that we have plans to go to certain cities. We're going to go to Omaha. We're going to go to St. Louis. We're going to go to Minneapolis. We're going to go to Waldrug in South Dakota. I don't want to go to Minneapolis. <laughs> no, see, so if if Damon says he doesn't want to go to Minneapolis, then we decide, okay, well, screw that. We'll go to uh, Evanston. Uh, Instead, so you know, we don't have a we we do have a general plan as to where we're going, but I think what keeps the show organic and real is the fact that we write the episodes episode by episode, and we really try to we 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 feed a lot on what the show tells us. We feed on the relationships we see that develop between the characters. We see what kind of dynamics and what sort of pairings work between certain characters. Certain pieces of mythology the audience really responds to, and then we decide to, to spend more time on those aspects of the mythology. And so it's kind of an organic thing. We we guide the show, but we also listen to the show a lot in terms of it telling us what it wants to be. And then obviously, you know, the the LA to Boston analogy sort of is a season by season analogy. Obviously, you know, JJ and I, you know, created the show sort of uh, for those of you who do have the DVD, very much on the fly. It was you know over over a course of very few weeks, sort of designing exactly what the pilot was going to be. Carlton came on very shortly after that, and. And obviously, all of us started talking about sort of the bigger picture in terms of, you know, well, if we're starting in Los Angeles, how are we going to end up in, you know, uh, Minsk? You know, so it's like season, you know, season. Minsk? Yeah, exactly. Well, see, that, that's a, it's hard to get to Minsk. Season season three is, you know, is we will pour it out of Boston and cross the Atlantic and land somewhere in Europe. And, uh, and we'll have to figure out that. But we're gradually, there's a... There's a big picture within the bigger picture 
Um, so it, it's 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 always in service of that because I feel obviously as fans. You're um, not going to tell about the time travel. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm not going to at all. all. Right. I mean, you know, in fact, I'm going to go back in time right now and <laughs> prevent you from having said that. Oh my god. Uh, but uh, you know, there there are sort of bigger picture elements in play that are you know that are multi season arcs as opposed to just the seasonal arc, which is sort of the day to day of of what we do when we come in and eat breakfast. Together. So I love okay, that clip for a couple of reasons. Question. One, because it reminds me so much of watching the show. You know, like I said, that was back in season two. I think it was just before the episode where Shannon was shot. And it's like, it's so nostalgic. But of course, then they, they, they really outline exactly how much they know versus how much is kind of made up week to week. Mm-hmm. And it, it obviously, you know, like you would expect, they have a big picture of, of the beginning, midpoints, and an end. But there's all kinds of room for little you know improvisation in between those points yeah definitely and my favorite thing about that that clip is uh the whole time traveling joke yeah um because i i remember listening to that podcast when it came out and it's like you know he made this so you're not going to make tell him about the time travel and i just kind of laughed and like uh uh-huh, like lost is about trying time travel. right <laughs> exactly <know? laughs> and of course it ends up being a huge hint it's like they dropped this bomb about, you know, what the show was going to end up being about do you before think, they were even done with the second season. Do you think the guy that said that actually knew or do you think he accidentally or that he said something that he didn't even know was no. accurate? No, those those guys are the guys. I mean, it's like anything about they know everything about the show. So, They're the two guys that are okay. kind of in charge of all the writers and they're the ones that know what the ending is, even though most of the other writers don't. Um, they're kind of the head honcho wow. guys. And cool. so they definitely both knew and they just decided to kind of tease about it and wow. act like it was a joke, even though it wasn't. Wow, that's pretty <laughs> so, cool. So I've been actually going back through and listening to the all the old official podcast episodes uh, to kind of see what kind of hints they've given. Yeah. But, but one of the things I hope we can do during the hiatus is kind of get you to hear some of those. Okay. Um, because it was, that was one of the things I enjoyed so much about watching the show through the first time was being able to listen to, to the guys tell me, um, the inside story about what was going on, uh, kind of give me some hints about mm-hmm. how I should interpret some things. And that's just a small taste of the kind of stuff that, you know, me and other people watching the show, that was like, you wait every week for the official lost podcast to come out. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, let's see here. I think we got one more voicemail here. Let's listen to that. Hey, guys. This is Lucid Hysteria calling from Alabama. Uh, long time, first time, and I love your show. You guys are awesome, of course. That goes without saying. Uh, I just had a few comments about, uh, what is it, This Place is Death, and maybe a few about 316 if I don't ramble too long. Um, but about the whole Rousseau-Gen memory thing, I have a problem with... Um, with their encounter, but not the same one that, a, that most people seem to have. I don't find it really far-fetched at all that she uh, wouldn't recognize him in the future because, as Evan was pointing out yesterday, not yesterday on the last podcast, um, you know, a lot of time has passed, almost 16, well, a little over 16 years between these two encounters. And, of course, he looks exactly the same, which no one would be expecting. He wouldn't be expecting to see someone 20 years from now looking the same uh, as they do today, um, especially if the first time you see that person is when you're 
a teenager, you know, 16-year-old, um, which I think Rousseau is supposed to be. But um, also, you know, even under traumatic circumstances, um, she only was around Jin. Um, the young Rousseau was only around Jin for a few hours, maybe half a day, I guess, since it was night when they found him, and um, sometime during the day when they when they first parted. And I I don't know. For me, it takes quite a while to really burn in to my memory someone's face with any degree of you know real certainty. So I don't know. If I were Rousseau and I saw him in the future, even if he looked familiar, I'd be saying, well, you know, that's Silly, that you know, what a coincidence, but there's no way that would be that guy. Um, so anyway, that's not the part that bugs me. What bugs me is that she tells Saeed in her first appearance that she didn't see anyone on the island, and that uh, that seems to clearly not be the case. She says she um, never saw anyone; she only only heard them. And well, I think I you know when I heard that line the first time. Somehow I knew, like, well, that I think that's going to come back to bite him because, well, you know, she says that her her baby was stolen and all this, uh, but she's never never seen anyone and oh, I I don't know the whole story, it's just sort of well, it, it feels you know like they're feels like Star Wars prequel territory kind of where they're sort of reinventing things and I know you have to do that somewhat but but yeah, just. That's a, a really overt, um, I guess, continuity error. Maybe they just figured there was no way around it. But um, other than that, good episode. Uh, didn't really ever have a reason to care about Charlotte too much, but she she was really good in the death scene, I guess. Um, the actress, Rebecca Mater, I think is her name, uh, actually almost cared about Charlotte there at the end, but still... You know, not enough backstory and, and anything else to really make her death all that significant, except for Daniel. But um, 316 is going to be good. I guess by the time you play this, if you play this on the podcast, you will have already watched it. And I think it is one of the one of the best of the of the season as far as pacing and uh, just writing, cinematography. It's the overall feel is definitely back uh, at the lost that. I think we all kind of fell in love with seasons one and two and the rest of the season and season four kind of go back and forth for me. Season five is a lot better than four so far, I would say. Um, but it's still, it's not perfect. And I think with so little time left, it does seem like they're sort of getting sloppy in some areas, but I'll just see what you guys think about the rest of the season and keep it up. I love the show. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, thank you so much for your call. Um, you bring up a good point about the whole Danielle Saeed scene back in season one. Mm-hmm. However, I think what I remember most about that scene is it seems to be centered around the others and if she saw yeah. any of the others on the island. Um, because but, I think this is like Saeed's asking her if she's ever you know, seen them or anything. And she says, no, but I hear them. And right. yeah, she did see Jen, but I don't think we she saw any others. Well, but at that point, she wouldn't she assume that he was another? I mean, if she did have a memory of him. Well, she wouldn't have a memory of him, though. Well, okay, I see what you mean. If Yeah, now I'm going to go on to say this. We talked about this. 
mm-hmm. and Robert brought it back up, and we really didn't get into this with Robert's uh, voicemail from Miami, mm-hmm. but I I believe and agree with him on the whole circumstances. What we talked about with Desmond is right. that it, that they don't have the memory of it until the, the it actually happens in in the future time with right. them. Yeah, you know? exactly. And 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 with Danielle, she's obviously dead, so she would never have this memory. Right. And you because know, uh, yeah, because when Saeed went to talk to her and met her, that whole issue with Jin hadn't happened yet. Exactly. If our theory is true. She didn't have yeah, a memory it, because it hadn't happened yet. Even though it, it happened it, in the past, it hadn't happened yet. Exactly. And 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 to me that puts to rest everything. Whether yeah. you would remember them or you wouldn't, or if you want to quit watching the show because you this whole memory thing, honestly, that to me proves why the writing's still brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. And that 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 that's my I'm sticking to that whole theory because I think that me makes too. more sense than anything else that's been out there, and it may yep. not satisfy everybody because they are going to the past, and for some people that means well that means they have to be changing the past or not just interacting with it. And to me, they're interacting with the past. They're not changing it. That's true. And, yep. Oh, yep, and I'm, here's I'm a, this, that. that reminded me of a note. I got an, a message online. I think it was from Nathaniel Starr, um, just basically talking about the whole idea of whatever happened, happened. And that right. goes right along with our theory about the past can't be changed. If it happened before, right. that's what always happened. That's and, right. And I think that's that goes along with what we're saying here, that mm-hmm. they're going back in time, yes, but they're not changing what happened. Nope. And the memory no, that they, the things that they do interact with, I don't, I don't want to say the things they change, but the, the ways in which they interact with the past don't become memories to those people that they're interacting with until they've actually gone back to do it. Yeah. The only, the only thing that I've told, mentioned it before, the only thing that kind of debunks that is the theory is with uh, Charlotte and Dan because she sees him before he ends up there. Hmm. And, but she was dying as well. Yeah. So to me, that almost maybe she has, like, you know, they say your life flashes before your eyes, right. you know, like almost she was seeing that because she was in the, you know, almost if to, yeah. to me, if, if, Dan, if Danielle would have had an opportunity right before she was dying to, to have, you know, a conversation, she may have remembered Jen. Yeah. And you know like, what, you know, this, this almost makes me wonder if that's the reason why they killed Danielle is to avoid this whole issue. Yeah. Um, but the point with Charlotte is really good. I mean, I hadn't thought about that much, but yeah, the only way it would work is if Daniel had actually already gone back and seen her as a child before now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't see why he would unless he had already fallen in love with her. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I guess that is a hole in our theory. Um, and I don't have a clue as to how to answer it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but anything. That's oh, go great. ahead. I was gonna say great voicemails. I mean, definitely keep those wheels turning because those are great voicemails, and and we love to hear you guys' comments and questions and theories. Yeah. So yeah, awesome, very awesome stuff, guys. We appreciate you so much calling in and everything. And uh, if anyone else would like to call in with a thought on this time travel issue or anything, even if it's something way back in season one or two. Call into the listener line at 765-439-4190, or you can post your thoughts, questions, comments, theories over at our Lost Mystery Podcast forums at lostmysterypodcast.com slash forums. 
And um, let's see. Is there anything else? That's all for me. Oh, I know one thing. Obviously, season five finale is tonight. Uh, for those who are caught up with the show and watching it, um, I'm about to to wet myself just thinking about it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> afterwards, um, there is going to be a live initial reaction over at uh, the Jacob's Cabin podcast. Um, it'll be taking place on TalkShoe at 11.15 p.m. And I'll be taking place in that that conversation as well as our good friend Jed, who's uh, left many a voicemail. He's a good friend of the show. And we'll be discussing kind of an initial reaction to the finale. And I can't wait for that as well. But if you'd like to join in, you can go over to AnnaInIndiana.wordpress.com. That's A-N-N-A-N-I-N. Sorry, a n n a i n Indiana dot wordpress dot com, and there'll be a link there to join in on the talk shoe conversation. And again, that's at eleven fifteen Wednesday night, right after the episode. Anything else before we close this bad boy out? No, sir. Well, on Friday we're going to be discussing the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. Are you excited for that okay. one? <laughs> oh, yeah, very much so. So we, f- we finally get to find out exactly what happened to Locke yep. as Jeremy Bentham. So it's going to be a great one. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Until the next time, we hope you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.